0: The first step is to understand the stage of the company because if you are too early stage forget about having positive roi forget about having low cac forget about understanding ltv i mean some companies are six year old and they don't understand about their ltv and it's fine sometimes just forget the playbook a little bit and and do whatever you got to do um of course you, you have to have some investments and you have to focus on some primary metrics and secondary metrics
1: you're listening to the paris talks marketing podcast where we interview top marketing leaders at high growth SaaS and other recurring revenue based companies. Our goal with this podcast is to cut through the fluff and jargon of digital marketing to reveal what's really working at some of the fastest growing, most successful SaaS companies today. The Paris Talks Marketing Podcast is sponsored by Hop Online, a performance growth marketing agency. If you like this episode, and would like to have a similar conversation with someone at our agency, just go to hop.online, H-O-P.online, and book a discovery call with one of our strategists today. Now, let's get into the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Paris Talks Marketing. Today, I'm with Luciano Freitas. He's a neuroscientist and an entrepreneur. Luciano is currently CMO at Fintech BX Blue and he's a co-founder at Facili, the first social commerce in Latin America. And Luciano made part of Uber's leadership and marketing teams in Brazil and helped launch Airbnb in Latin America. Welcome to the show, Luciano.
0: Thanks a lot, Paris. Thanks for the invite. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: It sounds like you spend a significant amount of your time giving back in particular to the startup community, either through uh, the MBA professorship or through other mentorship roles and you've been doing that for many years. Can you tell me what, what are some of the most common things, some of the most common marketing problems or struggles that you see startups having, especially when they're in the very early stages?
0: That great, great question. And it's so hard to talk to marketing professionals nowadays, especially those that are coming out from their MBA degrees, especially because they learn traditional formulas and, they learn matrixes and, and all that, I try to apply to the day-to-day life, especially when they go to a startup. But at a startup, things work a little different um, in a way that you have to have a very, very clear problem, and which is, sounds obvious, but people don't have that, like 98%, 98% of those uh, startups that are up and running don't have a very clear problem to be solved. So you have to have a problem, very clear problem at a startup. You have to have a solution for that problem and communicate that solution. So those three pillars in marketing. Um, Unfortunately, those three things are not taught in school. And when you go to a startup and you have a solution, basically, like most, most startups have an, an amazing solution, a very innovative solution, a disruptive solution, but they don't focus on the problem. So they're not necessarily feeling what the, the users and the people are actually feeling. And they work on the solution and they work a lot on the communication. So that part of the problem is kind of... Um, it, it's missing. So when I learned going to my first startup back in 2012 at Airbnb, for example, um, it didn't really matter if it was um, if we were calling hosts and convincing them to open their houses to receive guests from abroad. But we have to understand what Brian Chesky was saying in terms of belonging anywhere or forget hotels or sharing economy, decentralized monetization. Away from the hotel chains, and that that was a problem. So Airbnb was solving that problem. So that's something I teach my students. I, I you know I work with um, other entrepreneurs nowadays, um, expressing them the need and reinforcing the need of having a clear problem. And once you have the problem, then. You create your solution, then you start communicating your solution. People get anxious to have the solution, you know, ready, fast, MVP, all that mindset. And then, you know, let's start campaigns, Facebook, well, it's not working. Why it's not working? You don't have a clear problem.
1: Yeah. So Uber and Airbnb are two big, uh, clearly huge success stories that are on on your CV. I'm really dying to know and uh, about each of these types of companies and how they're different. And in light of the question that I just asked you, you were part of both Airbnb and Uber in a relatively early stages. What were some of the similarities that you think helped each of these companies really break out? And then what were some of the differences? How are these two companies different from each other?
0: Amazing question, because I really like this subject that that goes to leadership somehow, because um, both companies have in common Um, passionate co-founders passionate co-founders a clear problem a clear solution and a clear communication to those solutions but at the same time to make it work to change the world like those companies changed the way you know we travel and we move around the city so uh, to have that work to have everyone working towards that one goal um, you have to be more decentralized than the world used to be before. Let's go to uh, industrial revolution where command and control was part of the leadership um, uh, leadership subject. But when you come back, when you arrive in the 21st century, uh, that those things don't work anymore. For example, though Travis at Uber was very uh, passionate and he wanted the company to go at a certain way, Brian Chesky did the same thing. But at the same time, myself here in Brazil as a marketing manager at Uber, for example, I was making decisions without checking with anyone, without creating long decks. It was very, very decentralized. So you kind of build trust within your team and you have to have the mission aligned with everyone, coming from the CEO and decentralized everyone, giving resources to everyone. So I kind of have like this huge budget not sometimes not a real budget, but let's think. Well, it's working, so we have infinite budget. So kind of that openness to brainstorm with your team. Yeah. So basically, are those two things in common? Very aggressive companies focused on high performance, not focused on the diplomacy of a traditional company. For example, that's key. Um, that's key to success at a startup that changed the world don't care about your ego too much though it's going to be there but don't care about it don't pay much attention to your ego pay attention to the results and the happiness of the company and the employees and things are going to work out if you have a problem a solution and a communication to it
1: yeah let's let's touch on branding a little bit i know that's one aspect of marketing that you're really passionate about and so, when a startup—let's take either Uber or Airbnb—at what point did they shift from getting really having a performance growth mindset to realizing that they needed to build a brand for the long term? And when did that happen, and how did it happen?
0: It's very curious because Airbnb—I um, would say—that was brand oriented since day one. Different than Uber, that was focused much on performance growth numbers and number of cars riders and all that but Airbnb started so, so for me those uh, two things would work at day one that, that depends on the focus go back going back to my pillar if you have a problem uh, branding a it can be a growth machine as well why not um, so that's basically what Airbnb did I mean um, they were solving a problem or showing that there was a problem that never never uh, it was never shown before, through branding, through storytelling, through uh, NPS, through users' feedback, and getting that into logos, colors, messages, taglines. And I remember there was this. Uh, we were very aggressive there with you know numbers, especially uh, when I joined. Like Airbnb was getting out of the U.S. and coming to Latin America for the first time, and that at that time we had like huge goals of number of listings, number of guests, trips, inbounds, outbounds, all that. But at the same time, we were having fun. At the same time, we were understanding what branding was in terms of what Airbnb message was. Not necessarily calling hosts, you want to open your house or you want to be part of sharing economy, want to be part of this movement that focus on deleting zip code from the world because we believe that the world shouldn't have boundaries and stuff like that people get pet people have emotions sometimes we forget but that's basically what branding and storytelling does different than uber that was clearly improving the mobility of a city um, because we no city had enough taxi drivers or bus or buses enough um, so Uber was not only uh, breaking the mobility chain established before, but also uh, empowering drivers to have an extra income. Um, And storytelling came after it. I mean, we were first doing that, operating calling drivers and launching cities, getting the technology ready. uh, And then, okay, there's a story here. So what should we do? So I was part of that as well. So that's when... Uh, Bits and atoms, um, kind of bits from the computer, atoms from the human being. Let's merge that together while we have a story.
1: Now, a quick word from our sponsor. The Paris Talks Marketing Show is affiliated with Hop Online, a performance marketing agency focused on high-growth SaaS and other recurring revenue-based companies. If you like the flow of this conversation, you may want to consider jumping on a discovery call with someone at Hop Online. A discovery call is similar to my podcast interviews in a lot of ways. We'll get to know your business goals, competitive landscape, and marketing needs. And you'll almost certainly come away with some new ideas for how to accelerate your customer and revenue growth. If you're interested, go to hop.online, that's hop, H-O-P dot, online, and book a discovery call with one of our strategists today. Now, back to the episode. Let's pivot over to growth, There's another area that you're, you're passionate about and a lot of experience with. Over the course of your career with, with all these different startups, either being part of the team, leading the team, or even advising different marketing teams, what are some of the recipes for success when it comes to just pure growth marketing, Getting putting money in, seeing more than that amount coming back?
0: Yeah, that's also a challenge, um, not as easy... Uh, it doesn't. It sounds easier uh, to talk about growth marketing than branding, but I think that's as difficult because though we have a lot of tools and platforms that help us measure whatever we're doing in digital, for example, in, in paid media, uh, sometimes exactly what you said, I mean, you're investing a lot of money and you don't get that back pretty easy. Um, and this happens every day. So the startups, I, I'm an advisor and the startup I'm working now as a CMO, uh, basically what the first step is to understand the stage of the company. Because if you are too early stage, forget about having positive ROI, forget about having low CAC, forget about understanding LTV. I mean, some companies are six year old and they don't understand about their LTV and it's fine. Sometimes just forget the playbook a little bit and, and do whatever you got to do. Um, of course, you, you have to have some investments and you have, to, you have to focus on some primary metrics and secondary metrics, let me put it that way. So if you have um, your uh, primary metrics, wh- what would it be? GMV, um, it can be low CAC, it has to be revenue, it has to be sales, number of users. You have to have something uh, that represents growth itself. And secondary metrics. Well. Someday, somehow, we're gonna fix this CAC. That's pretty high. But you know, look at this other. Forget about LTV now. But you see how um, how low is the cost of the first purchase? For example, when on, on Thursdays. So if you are early stage, you will focus. You have to be cold enough to burn a little money. If we're mid stage, you have to start working on unit economics. It definitely, and that's the part where you won't look at exponential growth as a focus of the growth marketing team for example at uber uh, I was part of that transition we were launching tons of cities we didn't care about LTV uh, coupons over everyone we have to conquer the territory that's basically what we have to do it was an early stage so that's part of the it was part of the strategy but at a certain point um, we had to decrease significantly, I would say 60% of uh, the investments in growth marketing and paid channels. And we saw every KPI coming down. And that was a little desperating, but that's where you understand your business without that gas, uh, that, that daily guess, and you look at your numbers and you start getting to know your organic numbers a little bit more, and then, well, maybe they don't like the branding uh they don't like our story nps let's look at np now we didn't do that before so that's basically when you start fixing some other stuff and you see your kpis coming back not as fast as when you were injecting money but you you see your kpis coming back at at the same level and when you invest again at that that those organic stuff being fixed, storytelling, branding, NPS, technology, because sometimes you you grow a lot, you don't have technology to follow that growth. When you have those things fixed, then if you invest again, I think then, uh, let's say that the third stage, you should worry about what's our LTV, what's your CAC, let's have a sustainable growth. But before that, I wouldn't do that
1: now let's go over I would like to return back to the leadership topic, and, and I want to get a little deeper leadership in marketing um, think about all the all the bosses that you've had in all these marketing roles across all these companies you've worked in. What were some of the common attributes that that all of your favorite bosses your best your best leaders had what did they exhibit and, and why were they great leaders
0: uh, good question um... The positive things, basically Uber has uh, or had I don't know if Dara changed, but the value was let builders build. When that, that sentence tells me a lot of things um, that I will have an autonomy, I will have budget and I will make a decision because I'm a marketing professional. Um, Uber had a great strategy that uh, I was a marketing manager, I wasn't a director, but there wasn't director so I was reporting to an operations director so I was like the person who knew more about marketing and that's it though I was a manager so my manager was basically helping me make a decision but the decision was mine and this was incredible for me as a professional as a person as a it was a motivator as well and the other part was um, not only uh, let builders build but uh, big, bold bets or make magic and stuff like that and big, bold bets, well, I was creating crazy campaigns out of my mind, aligning with my operations director that was little, okay, looking at that, I was like, I'm, are you sure? He was telling me, are you sure? Not, no, you're not going to do that because clearly I was the one in charge. Both, both of us didn't really know if it was going to work, and, but I was the decision maker in that process. So all at RBB I had the same thing. So all, all companies I worked, that attribute um, to a chief executive officer, for example, that is leading a CMO, it's very, very important. For, here at BX Blue, for example, um, my boss, the CEO, basically, the, the guy I report to, um, he's more a person who is, of course, asking for, for stuff, looking at numbers, uh, making questions for things that he does not understand, But, and of course, I align things, but uh, at the end of the day, he was like, "I trust you. Do whatever you have to do." That's basically what bosses. Bosses, are you looking? Are you listening to this? Uh, please trust your team. You know, um, and don't worry, they will make mistakes. So you have to understand that we'll, the people will make mistakes. Uh, don't try to be riskless. And marketing professionals should be marketing professionals. Sometimes marketing professionals are data scientists only, or they are. Risk managers—they—they're just working on huge decks with ninety-two slides, just to pitch a campaign. Let's, uh, or a tagline. You don't have to do that. Be fast. You're, hire creative people, of course, and with skills, hard skills, and and go with them. That's basically what yeah. leadership should be.
1: I've always thought that the best leaders are the ones that are, are just clearing the path for their team, <clears throat> removing obstacles, and giving them the tools that they need. Because if you have done your job of bringing in the right people, you shouldn't really question their competency. You should just question, do, am I giving them what they need? Am, am I, is there a roadblock that I can remove for them? And I think that's the best, really the best thing that a manager can do. And in in the form of empowerment, we always try to also make people feel like owners in the business as much as possible. And having autonomy to make decisions is one of the, I think one of the best ways that an employee at any level can feel a little bit like an owner. Like, oh, this is, I got to make this decision. It feels like, uh, like I'm an entrepreneur in, inside of the company. And I mean, I think entrepreneurship is a, not only reserved for the actual founders of those companies, but they're, I think there are entrepreneurs inside of all types of companies. Definitely, um, if, definitely. If they're given the autonomy. No, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, what are some of the trends that you're seeing now in, in marketing, in particular digital marketing? What do you think now are some of the keys to success? And especially, let's say, let's imagine you're advising a startup with very limited resources. They don't have a big paid media budget. Um, what, what kind of advice would you, would you give to them about trying to get traction?
0: Yeah, nothing new. Everything is kind of obvious if you read books, but people don't do it, which is listen to your users. I mean, talk to them, like literally call them. Because if you talk to entrepreneurs, they say they talk to, them, to their users a lot, right? But they don't in fact they don't sometimes they send like a google form or a survey monkey once every two three months call your users so well here i'm the co-founder of this uh, company i'm calling you to understand it's not i know it's not scalable it's not um it's pretty hard we'll get the chance to talk to three four users a day but that's what you have to do i mean talk to your users because if you don't talk to your users you won't have something key to a startup which is product market fit um and when you know that there is no product market fit when you ask if you have it i mean when you ask yourself if you have it well do we have a product market fit well if you're asking you don't have it um 95 of the companies uh, startups that are you know born and being born now so um talk to your user it's it's about them it's not about your Um, genius idea. It's about the users. Everything is about the other not yourself. And this is pretty hard. I know it's obvious but it's pretty hard to make entrepreneurs understand that. Once that uh, it's understood then uh, start your campaigns, start communicating your campaigns, start offering privileges to uh, your first users. Uh, they, They definitely will become ambassadors if they love your brand and then Third, start working on the emotions of whatever your product is giving to the users in terms of emotions as well. Everything is about emotions nowadays. And um, then again, twenty first century. Uh, we say that it's a reputation era, right? If you make anything wrong, if you do any, make a mistake, call users and apologize. And, okay, say uh, say that you're sorry. Don't. Don't say that the users didn't see that button or didn't understand anything. Then again, it's a trend that's coming back from the 90s where uh, that the customer is always right, tag it was just a, a sign in the, at a store. But you have to walk that, you have to walk the talk now. Uh, users is always right. Uh, you, user experience is about the users and the experience. So it's not just a guy creating wireframes. So mm-hmm. that's basically, all, I will go deep into those subjects, but then again, talk to your users and they will give you the way out of the tunnel.
1: Yeah. Do you think that there's a role, an emerging role for data science now in marketing?
0: Definitely. Um, especially because uh, when we talk, we were talking about branding before and scarce money, and especially now, I mean, 2022, kind of post-COVID, and people are still trying to figure out where we are now. VCs are backing up, um, and we don't know what's going to happen to a lot of startups, like the era of layoffs, I mean, a lot of layoffs. Um, If you don't know what you're doing, and if you don't know where you're spending your money and what's the exact return of that money. I don't know what's going to happen. And a data scientist, that's uh, it's a key for that role, it, it, specifically about marketing, right? So I always had those guys around because sometimes we're creating campaigns, we're running other stuff. But if you don't know where you're stepping on, so that, that the, the data science roles, it's not only – it was always important, but it's not only emergent, but I think that's – it should be part of the core team when you grow founding a company, for example, because um, you, sometimes the CEO is focused on creating, aligning the message and pitching VCs. Uh, marketing people are basically trying to get the first users and getting the app colored and the website with a message. And the CTO is basically building and coding all that. So um, if you don't know where you're going, that giant octopus can get big enough and you can lose control. I've seen it a lot. I've been through that. So, uh, and we had to fast hire a, a data scientist with a lot of experience to fix our stuff because entrepreneurs are crazy and we should be crazy. Uh, we are supposed to be crazy, but the data science is like, okay, kind of a lighthouse keeper saying, okay, you should go in that direction. Make your own decision. I'm telling you, I'm saying that this is the best way and this is why. Not only this is the best way, but this is why this is the best way, and numbers will speak for themselves and definitely that's it's a key role
1: yeah great well, Luciano, this has been fantastic. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wished I would have asked you or that you would like for our listeners to know?
0: I think we covered a bit of everything. Um, if we go deep on if we go deeper on on some subjects. I would point out some leadership stuff Uh, again. I mean, uh, what's the type? The the question maybe would be what's the type of leader that could be successful in this world today? I mean, the 21st century post pandemic. Um, I would say that a a leader, I wouldn't say no ego because that's impossible, uh, neurologically speaking, but with the last ego as possible, building trust within your team. For that to happen, you have trust within yourself. And yeah, the type of leader today should be involved in self-development, definitely. That's a huge difference and you have a huge impact in your team when you are involved in self-development, either therapy or those trainings that you have all around. It's very important to understand yourself in order to understand the others. And once you've done that, uh, you'll become a better leader. You'll become a better marketer. You you start understanding your users because you're understanding yourself. That's kind of the... the it's a win-win relationship between you and whatever you're doing with your team or your numbers or your users, but that's not as easy as just, it's not just a mindset, it's a path of self-development, they have to get, your, get yourself into.
1: Are there, are there any particular great leaders that you follow, either have read their book or uh, generally follow, listen to their podcast or otherwise, any real inspira- inspirational leaders?
0: Um, yeah, well, Brian Chasky, I'm his fan. <laughs> I have to say, I'm his fan because he's a great, great leader, and you can see his person as well. I can see what everything I, I mentioned here, I can see in him. Um, I've, I've worked with him already, I talked to him already, so um, I've it's the walk the talk. Uh, person in front of me. So Brian Chaskey, it's, it's an incredible person and an incredible leader as well. Um, I, I really like um, Obama because of his rhetoric. I'm not talking about other stuff but uh, he's a person who... he's a leader who knows how to to talk and be empathetic and he's under control at the same time. He's not going with you. He makes you go with him and under no circumstances. So I, w- I would point out those two. They have similarities. Well, they just joined a partnership now uh, creating, I think, uh, kind of a VC NGO or something like that. I have to read more. It was like last week. But Brian Obama, institution or association or something, they have something together. So they, they do have these things in simil- uh, similar. So, yeah, I really admire both.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent. So Luciano, where can our listeners find you online if they want to connect?
0: Well, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, my Instagram is lucianofreitas.me, Um, I'm mostly there, but you know, just type my first name and last name in any of the companies we mentioned here, Uber, Airbnb, Facili, uh, on LinkedIn or Google, uh, you should find me there, but I, I'm mostly active on, on Instagram.
1: Great. Well, thanks very much for the, the great conversation today. I think we covered a lot. Branding and growth and leadership, especially what makes a great leader. I think that's really the ultimate key to success for most people in their careers. So um, really appreciate your insights, Luciano. Thanks for Thanks for joining the show.
0: It was a great conversation. Thanks a lot for the invitation. I really, really enjoyed
1: it. Another great episode in the books. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get notified when future episodes drop, be sure to subscribe to Paris Talks Marketing on your favorite podcast player. And to learn more about our growth marketing agency, visit hop.online. That's hop.hop.online. Have a great day.